Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the best Red Sox podcast out there. I'm Will. Uh, and I'm Sam. Okay, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the, the tale of two Red Sox. We're going to be talking about the first series against the Orioles and this next series where we got swept by the lowly Pirates. So we're going to start off by talking a little bit about the, the hitting situation first. So, yeah, the first thing we want to talk about is just the hitting. Red Sox scored 27 runs in the first three games and then proceeded to apparently be unable to hit the baseball at all against the Pirates. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on that? This offense is is frustratingly inconsistent. From going to nine runs every single game to scoring two runs in the last two against the Pirates is just embarrassing. Uh, these didn't see the best pitchers. I know Will's higher than Mitch Keller than I am. I don't think he's very good. He got hit around by the Reds in his first turn through the order. I just, there's no reason for this lineup to not perform against this Pirates pitching staff, and they didn't. Like like you're saying, I do think Mitch Keller, he, he was a top 40 prospect in 2020. He's obviously had a kind of a rough start in the league, uh, but I do think he has potential to be a, a good pitcher. But, but like you're saying, the Pirates did not throw out quality pitchers this entire series. We should have been able to hit the Pirates pitchers about the same as, or perhaps even more than we did the Orioles pitchers. We just completely just could not get our offense together. And I think the main thing that that changed between the two series is just the amount of pitches per, per at-bat. I don't have a specific stat, but it just got a lot worse. The quality of at-bat in terms of the Orioles games and the Pirates games, just completely different. And one, clearly it worked against the Orioles, but that just completely fell apart against the Pirates, and we just could not get a quality out of that out of pretty much anyone outside of maybe Tapia and Turner in this Pirates series. But it's not even that it didn't work against the Pirates. The plan was just completely different. They were got They got so much more aggressive. Every single game, uh, we would have a 10-pitch AB by someone, and yet by the fifth, sixth inning, the starting pitcher would be still in the 60 or 70-pitch count. It was like, no matter how many good ABs one person, or not the how many good Bs, we would have one good AB, and the rest would just be so terrible, it couldn't, it wouldn't matter. Like, uh, Arroyo had a really good AB, Tapia had a really good AB today. I think it was a 10-pitch AB, and still Keller was in the fifth inning at like 67 pitches. It just, it was so terrible. I, I don't even know where to begin. I understand that you want to attack this Pirates pitching staff and whatever they have is just, they, they're not throwing out the best pitchers like we just said, but I, it, we couldn't get anything going. The only people I think got it with three ball count the entire series were what, Yoshida and Turner? Nia and Tapia? I don't, I don't know that anyone else did throughout the entire series. It was just, we were taking such terrible swings so early in at bats. It looked like we had no game plan whatsoever. Somebody tweeted this out during the Orioles series, and I was like, wow, this lineup is super hard to get out of an inning because it's quality at bat after quality at bat. That was true for the Orioles series, and that's why we were so resilient in the Orioles series, why we were able to bounce back even when we were down by 7-1 or whatever. We were able to bounce back because the pitcher had to – worked through each individual batter and each individual batter was a challenge this series that just didn't happen batters were 
I mean, striking out on three pitches kind of all over the place. We even had the one inning today where it was strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. It just completely was a departure from the quality at bats that we had hoped to see and that we already have seen with the same roster. And that's kind of what's so frustrating about it is we know what the ceiling of this Red Sox offense looks like. It looks a lot like what it was doing against the Orioles. But now we also know kind of the bottom of this Red Sox hitting lineup is. It looks like the series against the Pirates where we're barely able to get any runs at all, even hits. There's a point there where we look like we'd get not only no hit, but after that one hit or maybe even shut out pretty much the entire game, we were more likely to get have that happen to us than to actually even match the Pirates at a measly four runs. Yeah, it's just – it was terrible. I, I I I know that a lot of people were jumping on me on Twitter about my fire Dave Bush and fire Peter Fatsy take, and it wasn't an immediate reaction. I think a lot of people thought it was like, oh, they lost a series to the Pirates. These guys need to be fired. I've hated both of those coaches for well over, what, nine months, close to a year now. I, I, I've really – Dave Bush – or not Dave Bush, sorry. The drop-off from Tim Hires to Peter Fatsy – has been one of the worst things that has happened to this organization. I, 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 it's up there with trading away Jeffrey Springs for Ronaldo Hernandez. It's just you can point directly when all of our hitters stopped developing and just started having terrible at bats compared to twenty twenty one. The quality. I mean, look at guys like Kike Hernandez. I, 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 has he had any development in Boston over the past two years? At all? I understand he missed a lot of last year, but he wasn't doing anything in game. He should have had time to work with the handing staff. Did he? Do you notice any difference between his quality of ABs? Look no. at Devers. Do you think that Devers' plate approach has improved significantly? The, the only guy that I feel like has improved over the past year has been Verdugo, and we've really only seen it in the six-game sample. He was terrible last year. He had what, like a 107 WRC plus? I yeah. mean, it's just the, the drop off from Hires to Fatsy. Uh, it's just, you, like I said, you can mark the development of every Red Sox hitter and when they stop developing. And that's yeah. so dangerous for this organization. And you can even throw in Cassis right now. Cassis, compared to what he looked like last year, coming fresh out of Worcester's coaching staff, he looks just worse. There's no nice way to put it. He's been striking out significantly more than I would have thought, and he's not taking enough walks. And you can't tell me that it's an adjustment to MLB pitching when he looked better against MLB pitching last year. It's just – it's extremely frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I think, like you're saying, I think my probably personal favorite example of this is really just Franchi Cordero. I'm a big believer in Franchi Cordero because he does have some elite – like he has some elite traits – and the thing about Franchi is he'd go down to AAA, he'd absolutely mash, and he'd come up, and for a little bit, he'd mash, and then he'd kind of drop off. And a lot of people were calling him this quadruple-A player and all that stuff. But what I really think it is, is if you kind of watched him, his quality of at-bats, as the longer he stayed in the majors, really just declined. At first, he'd be that guy, like, when he came up, he'd really be hitting well. He'd be getting a lot of contact he'd be looking like a legit MLB player as it went along you saw those strikeouts start to happen more and more and more and with his defense you just couldn't keep him on the roster 
And if that's not a problem that the, the hitting coach should be addressing, then we need a different hitting coach. And I think that's what it's come to because the level of hitting just needs to be able to take another step at that MLB level. At pretty much every level of the minors, our hitting coaches are are good. Our coaches in general are good. You see that. You see a lot of guys breaking out. You see a ton of talent in AAA. But when it gets to the majors, they need to be able to take that next step. And it's the job of our hitting coach to be able to do that. I think if you look at the roster today, all of the talented players are either, I mean, Devers, pretty much. He's Devers. He's super talented. He's going to succeed no matter who your pitching coach or hitting coach is. And then all the guys who are hitting well are the guys outside the organization. It's Turner. It's Tapia. It's Duvall. And so the hitting coach, it's just it's something that needs to be addressed. We need to have a quality hitting coach. And if Fatsy's not that guy, we need to get rid of Fatsy. I mean, I obviously, I think we all hope that it can improve if Fatsy can make those adjustments. Like, clearly he had something going right in the Orioles series. But that's what Fatsy needs to be having a player's play like. I don't care if we lose a series like this, if we're having quality at bat after quality at bat, and we get unlucky. But the problem is if we have this kind of poor game plan and then at least this kind of poor hitting performance, that just can't be something our hitting coach can't allow. But it, it feels like I have two tangents that I want to go on on Fatsy. One you touched on already. Look at the guys we've, we've called quality players. Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dalbeck, Michael Chavis, and Jaron Duran. They've looked excellent in Worcester, and then once they've reached the big leagues, whatever coaching that they had in Worcester falls apart. Duran has those three weeks. Everyone knows it. It's the same with every guy. Dalbeck and Jaron Duran and Franchi, every single player, you can look. You see they have this time in Worcester, they come back, and then they regress. And it's 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 never been more plainly obvious to me why that is. Mm. Um, it's just, it's terrible. But, and then to go on the other thing, the Oreo series, they were not as aggressive. And I, I don't know if it was, it feels like it was planned. To Fatsy's credit, it worked. And then you move away from it for whatever reason. Do you expect the Pirates pitching staff to be more aggressive with their terrible stuff? I just, it, it, it makes no sense. They either just cannot coach their players well and can't keep the game plan for more than one series, which I don't believe, or they change the game plan altogether, which also makes no sense. It's, it's, there's no situation where Fatsy doesn't do something that brutally, like, just changes this roster dynamic from one series to the next. It's, it's night and day. I don't understand what happened. But it's clearly a coaching coaching situation because you don't go from scoring nine runs every game to scoring one run a game with no no change. It's not like we were seeing much better much better pitching against the Pirates. I mean, come on, Duval hit that home run of Bautista, who threw ninety nine at his knees. I mean, it's 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 if he can hit that out, there's no reason he should not have had any any hit to note during this entire series. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I I can't stand Fancy. I know specifically that I haven't liked him since May of last year. And that's because whatever, I just, whatever he's been doing hasn't worked during his entire tenure. And you can, like I said, from 2021, when, when Hires leaves to when Fancy comes, 
it's just you can tell the drop off mm -hmm. yeah and another thing is that like the Red Sox hitters it's not that they haven't been hitting the ball hard it's not a problem with their hitting like Raphael Devers hit, he had a lineup today 108 off the bat the guys are getting they're hitting the ball hard but what's happening in the Pirates series unlike the Orioles series is the situations they've been in is the is the only difference is that they're having to swing on worse pitches because they get into an own two count even though they're hitting the ball hard they're not doing stuff that's going to be favorable to them succeeding and that's just it's a it's a significant problem with the Red Sox because again Fatsy needs to be able to get the Red Sox to be at least consistent with the at-bats the problem is never going to be the result I the result kind of is what it is, but the, the reason the results happen is because of what goes into it first. The at-bats, the quality of at-bats are what matter. And the Red Sox need to, no matter what the outcome is, have quality at-bats. And so another thing to talk about with this sort of at-bats and hitting in general is Masataka Yoshida. So Yoshida is kind of, he's had a very weird introduction to, I guess, Red Sox baseball and Major League Baseball. He's... Ooh kind of he's homeward he's had a lot of really weird errors that have kept the Red Sox in the games which I don't know maybe he's a little bit magic but the one thing about him is sort of it's, the way he's approaching things so Sam yeah what's your what's your take on that so I don't mean to interrupt it's just he puts the ball in play so often it's just it's so much weak ground ball contact and that's that's what the whole thing with the errors is I I he's just making a lot of it was making a lot of contact and that's what he knew. We knew he would do. I, I, I don't understand the whole devil magic thing. That's kind of I, I. He's just making a lot of contact. I don't know. I don't get that at all. Yeah, and one thing to sort of note is, he was he was talking about the high fastball as being something that doesn't really happen in the, the league he was in. You, you didn't see high fastballs, and so something that is very new to him. It kind of looked like initially in the Orioles series that. I mean, he homered off of a high fastball, so clearly he can hit it. But it's kind of looking like pitchers are starting to attack that with him and seeing that he's not super comfortable with that pitch, and that's where people are going with. It's kind of a new thing. I think if she's just good enough, he's obviously a really great contact guy. But we'll see if pitchers continue to, to kind of view that as his weakness, the high fastball. And he, if he can keep hitting those out, they'll stop throwing it. But that's just kind of something to note with Yoshida as well. Yeah, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I haven't noticed any sort of like high fastball approach. I, I'm not, I'm not watching these games with that level of introspect. I, I, I just have been livid the past two games. I, 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 there's really just nothing that I can say more than I can't watch this brand of baseball because it's infuriating. This this roster shouldn't be losing a series, much less getting swept by the Pirates at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then another thing with the hitting is there is some positive. I think the main positive so far that's actually been consistently positive throughout both series is really just Verdugo. I mean, Tapia to some degree, Tapia's had good at bats, but obviously Ooh. third outfielder. I mean, yeah, that's all I can say with him. But then Verdugo. Seems like the new approach is working. He's been great these past six games. It's a tiny sample size, so we'll see if it continues. But he kind of seems he was kind of the one bright spot among hitters in this whole lineup against the, the Pirates. 
Yeah, I, I, I was really down on Verdugo leading off. I really was not a fan. He has proven me wrong. I really do like him leading off now. Just he's making a lot of good contact. Obviously, he could just regress. I, I wouldn't be surprised because he's just. I, it's not. It's not even like I hate Fatsy, and I think everyone's going to regress. I just he can't sustain this. I don't think. I mean, if he can, I would love it, but I don't think he can. I just he's looked really, really good. Um, he's proven me wrong. I, I that's that's what I'll stick with. I he's proven me wrong thus far. Hopefully, he can continue it. I just, um, I'm I'm still not sold. Maybe I I just I don't know. Yeah, like like you're saying, it is very six game sample size, and that's kind of something important to remember with everyone is that as much as it hurts to have be swept by the Pirates. It's three games. It's, I mean, if you pick any three game series, it's essentially random what the outcome is. And you can kind of see that if you look at the, the errors that happen in the, the weird plays. Like somebody posted on Red Sox Twitter that we were a few plays away from being, I think, one and five. And sure, we're also a few plays away from being six and oh, and that's just how baseball is. But yeah, Verdugo, he's kind of, he's proven me wrong as well. I've kind of, I was very low on him going the season. I was looking at him at him as a trade candidate still is i think right now if you can keep this up he's looking to be more fundamental piece of the roster and i think they'll probably get that extension done if you can keep this up but it is still very early and then next we're going to talk about the pitching the other side of the ball it's kind of been a tale of again two cities with the pitching where the Orioles series the starters looked absolutely terrible they were getting completely shelled sale super frustrated by his start Crawford you look at those interviews they are not happy this series it looked it looked pretty different the Red Sox starting pitching was actually pretty solid for the most part and the relief pitching again looked pretty solid so, but then mm-hmm. of course there is there is caveats and there are and Dave Bush is pretty much the main caveat there well, it's it's just really frustrating because I, I, I understand that there's a lot of starting pitching staffs that have had starters get blown up. The Phillies are obviously the main thing that I'm talking about. But I just – I it's another case of I don't know where you see any progression for the Red Sox over the past few years. Hauk, adding a cutter, has been the best thing that we've seen for five years. I mean, I, there really has been just so little pitching development. I mean, Nick Pavetta, it's it's like a running joke at this point. His fastball is excellent. His curveball is excellent. Why does he have a 4-5 ERA? Well, it's because our pitching staff hasn't developed. It's just, it's infuriating when we watch all this pitching talent. And, and we can talk about analytics and how all these guys have a lot of really good numbers and really good expected stats that are never going to come to fruition if we just don't have any sort of good pitching staff or pitching coaching staff. It's just, it's infuriating it's it's another case of why can't we just have nice things because how if how looks like a starting pitcher two turns of the lineup and then on the third turn of the lineup he looks just god awful he looks like ryan brazier i what what are we doing i I, it's 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 another case of why why has there been no development for tanner how over the past few years I, and it's it's true of Sale. Sale, his stuff was there, and he had no command. Why? I, 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 you can't blame everything on cold nerves. Do you really? Are you really going to tell me that Chris Sale was too nervous to pitch on the second day of the season? 
really frustrating. And and like I said, it, it, when you talk about Brian Bayo being our best starting pitching prospect since Clay Buckholz or John Lester, why is that the case? It's because we haven't changed our pitching coaching in so long. It's due for change, and it needs to happen soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's just was really worrisome about guys like Crawford, Winkowski, and then just kind of people on those tier, especially because Winkowski, I think he's looked he's looked great this year, but he's in a relief role. He's kind of looked better because he doesn't have to go through the rotation as much. Crawford, I, I was high on going the year. I think Crawford, he had a lot of legit talent and he had a chance to be a starting pitcher. The problem is, yeah, like you're saying, there just hasn't been that development. He looked terrible in his first start. It's not super worrisome considering that Crawford is probably going to be moved to the bullpen anyways, but ideally you'd want him to be able to be a legit starting pitcher. And he just can't clearly. And that's a failure of the Red Sox pitching coaching. I do want to talk a little about uh, Cutter Crawford Josh Winkowski and Connor Siebel. They're all lower level pitching guys. And I understand that, but it's just, it's brutal. If this is like the Dodgers, Astros or other organizations that are top echelon, like the Red Sox are supposed to be Winkowski. I I understand he's a really good reliever right now, but if he's a mid tier starter, like a, like a Dodgers or Astros organization can turn him into, then we're talking about an entirely different rotation right now. Connor Siebold, if we could keep him in the organization, we wouldn't have to be throwing Caleb Ward out every, every like four days. It's just, if we can turn those guys into solid pieces, in, I granted, Josh Winkowski looks like a good bullpen piece right now. It's just, we shouldn't have to be relying on one out of three guys to look like a good bullpen piece. We should be turning out starting pitching like every other top end organization. Even the Yankees have a better pitching staff than we do. And it's not close. It's 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 terrible, and it needs to change. So I I I I I know I'm going on a tangent again. It's just I'm I'm very frustrated. Yeah, and that's understandable. Just I I do think the starting pitching. I do think it's gonna look a lot better down the stretch. But I think it's gonna look better down the stretch because Sale he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need a pitching coach to figure things out. More likely than not, Kluber he looked good today. Only allowed one run in five innings. Only 67 pitches, which is you could question Cora for that and that causing problems with the game. But like you said, it's just from a pitching coach perspective, if we want to be consistently successful and consistently have starting pitching that we can trust when guys get injured because they're inevitably going to get injured, we need a good pitching coach. And so hopefully Bale can join, kind of be improving despite the fact that he's not – probably not have the best support in terms of a pitching coach in the major leagues. I do think Bale's going to be good. I'm a fan of Bale, but I think it's going to be, he's going to have to do some stuff on his own. And then Whitlock and Halk as well. They need to kind of figure it out on their own. And we can't really trust the pitching coach to kind of reliably do anything. Triple A's look good. Triple A's turned out good pitchers, but we just haven't been able to turn those quality triple A guys into quality MLB guys. And that's just been a kind of theme of the Red Sox. And, the only way it seems for us to get past that is there to be just really talented guys like Bayo, like Cassas, and just those guys kind of can overcome. But we need those kind of what everyone's calling quadruple A players. If they can turn to legit MLB players because our pitching and hitting coach are, are good, 
that would be just that's the next step for the Red Sox in terms of development is they need those guys to have that sort of really legit major league depth. They have great depth now just because there's so many good prospects, but it's not proven legit depth like the teams like the Dodgers or the Astros or like even the Braves. And so another thing we're going to talk about is it's kind of been one of the stories kind of aligns with the pitching is the catching. Reese McGuire has had probably of any Red Sox player the worst start to the season in terms of anyone who's had. Oh, like, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, outside of like Sale, but considering Sale has only pitched one time, McGuire is the only yeah. guy we're questioning whether he can even play at a major league level. He's been unable to control runners on the base path. People when pitching to him, apparently, I don't know how much is the pitcher or catcher. That part hasn't looked good whatsoever. And his hitting honestly hasn't been good either. He, that's one of those ones where I know people are going to be like, oh, but he was like five feet from a home run today. So, I mean, that would have been his first significant hit that wasn't a weekly hit double, I mean, all year. He's he's looked mediocre to bad at the plate. And I guess you could say that for the bottom, like fourth or third of the lineup. But it's just, he's not looked good at either end of the ball. And there's a lot of reasons that that, we can, that, that could be. But I just, I... I don't have any faith in him, and I had a lot more faith in him going in, into the season than I did in Wong. It's mm-hmm. just – it's funny how fast those two – I have my trust in them has swapped. Yeah, it's it's been very, very rough for McGuire. And like you, you were talking about the bottom half of the lineup, but it's not even the bottom half of the lineup because considering like Kike, he looked good in the Orioles series. Like people at the bottom half of the lineup did shine during the Orioles season – or the Orioles series, McGuire just in neither series did anything. But with McGuire, it's just been a, this kind of inability to play the catcher position. Pass balls getting by him. There's a complete difference when Wong or McGuire is at the plate. You look at today's game, you had Wong catching for most of it. There were the base runners, they were they weren't running over the base pass like they were against the Orioles or anything else. And then you had this pinch hitting. He pinch hit, obviously hit that one foul. And then he starts catching, and suddenly the Pirates start stealing on us. There's a double steal with McCutcheon and all that stuff. And it's just clearly teams know that McGuire is unable at this point to throw people out, and they're abusing it. The Orioles had some of the most steals just ever. I think it was probably the most steals the Red Sox have ever allowed in their first series. It was just was. absolutely terrible. Yeah, and it's it's bizarre. I, I, I it's not even something that I could blame on the catching staff or or I, I this is one that I genuinely don't understand. People are saying it's it's not his arm, and I I I I, I don't know. His arm is fine. It was it was solid to above average last year, uh, but it's it's just. I don't know if it's another case of like Plawecki where it's just a huge drop off from year one to year two. I, I it could be that. I, I honestly, I truthfully, I've not looked at any of the advanced data on it. And I don't know. I I, I, I a lot of people are saying it's the pitching like the staff, the pitching staff. And if that's true, I would argue that it's worse. I said this on Twitter, but it's it's 
if it's the fault of the pitching staff, then it's the same issue that we've been having since Randy Rosarena stole home on Josh Taylor. I, I the lack of awareness and the lack of like getting the ball into the catcher's glove on time. It's been, like I said, an issue since 2021. And if it's still an issue and we're two years removed from that ALCS or ALDS, what are we doing? What are we talking about? If it's the same issue, then there's no argument. Dave Bush needs to go. I just, I, I, I'm so worried that we will not be a serious organization until um, Fatsy and Bush are gone. I, it's just it, it's gonna sit in the back of my brain until we make the playoffs. Really, yeah, I do think I do think it is a McGuire issue as opposed to a pitching issue. Just because when Wong is there, runners haven't been running the same way they have when McGuire has been back there. I don't know if it's something that McGuire is doing in terms of his the whole choosing his pitches, all that stuff, and he's maybe not as clear or precise or whatever, and that's messing up pitchers. But there's a clear issue with McGuire. It's even when he throws, it's not looking like he can even make it there. He's kind of looking like a little eager trying to throw it across the, the diamond. It's just McGuire was supposed to be the number one guy. He's supposed to be really good, not really good, just good, at least good defensively. The whole point of Alfaro being AAA and McGuire being the starting catcher is that McGuire is supposed to be a good defender. He has not shown it. And Ooh. I think for his job, that's the Red Sox are going to be looking at that. They're going to be see, they see McGuire being pretty terrible, unable to play defense, and the the Red Sox are looking at Alfaro and they're saying someone at least maybe this guy can hit, or maybe they're looking yeah. at outside options and honestly catcher might be one of the things we have to trade for. It's just the main issue with the Red Sox in terms of a roster construction right now is they need a legit. They need a legit catcher. They need another catcher. And that's something we hope wouldn't happen to start the season. But it's really looking like they're going to need another catcher this year as soon as possible. And not for Hilfaro. He's not an option right now. If, if McGuire, who is significantly better defensively, is looking this bad, Alfaro is not an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here, here. If Roberto Perez, the, allegedly the Red Sox were really close to signing him to a minor league deal with a major league opportunity. If Roberto Perez was in AAA right now and the Red Sox could call him up, do you think they would do it? Uh, I think they'd probably wait a little bit, but he's very close to it. I, I think it would be done in a heartbeat. I think it would be right now we would be talking about, I, I, I don't know, Caleb Ort DFA? Mm-hmm. I, I, at this point, would you, would you be shocked if it was a Reese McGuire DFA for Roberto Perez? It wouldn't be too shocking. I, and that's that's insane thing for me to think about. Because there, if you told me that a week ago, I would have laughed you out of the building. But it's it's he has been untenably bad. Mm-hmm. It's, in terms of, yeah, the, the roster, in terms of everything, it's just McGuire, not only is he a lefty bat, which is the Red Sox, already have too many of them, but he just doesn't seem to be doing anything in terms of baseball particularly well. And we can't if we want to be legit. If we want to be a winning team, we can't have another Kevin Plowecki on our on our roster, even as just a second catcher. Like McGuire, at this point, just the way he's playing, can't be on this baseball team. Like kind of back to what I was saying, this team isn't talented enough to have a guy that's just 
a McGuire level player, a current McGuire level player. This team isn't talented enough for that guy to get at bats and to still expect positive results and to win a lot of games. We need to address the catch position. And if Wong, like if Wong doesn't turn out well too, we haven't really seen much hitting from him either. He has an obviously limited starts, but he's not a known quantity either. If he looks bad, we have approximately zero catchers on the roster. Both of them look bad. And that's a terrible place to be. I understand why we won the season with this kind of roster setup instead of like going out and signing a guy like Contreras or whatever. But we do need to start thinking about catcher as something to be really worried about. And really the number one thing we need to address in terms of a trade or a free agent signing or something like that. But look at look at the rest of the division. The Orioles have Adley Rutschman. The Blue Jays, you have Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jensen. The Yankees, you have Jose Trevino. And, and then the Rays, you have a gold glover in Mejia. It's it's every other catcher in the AL East is not just one tier, but at least two or three tiers above the Red Sox. And it's it's in a division where the rest of the league already has significantly better rosters, the valuation of the catcher, especially with this base running environment, has just gone up so much. And we are dead last. It's And it's not close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and looking back on the offseason, I think we needed to be on the, the sweepstakes for, for Sean Murphy, or even if we want to go to the Braves side of things, if we could have gotten maybe William Contreras or something like that. Like we need it. We need to be looking for a catcher. And we were kind of talking about having the Duran, Thalbeck, those guys be moved for a relief pitcher. Now it's looking like we need to start looking for a catcher. And maybe those guys need to be sort of moved for a catcher at this point, because it's, it's looking like something that needs to be, I think, I think right now, looking forward and then the number one thing we need in the offseason probably isn't going to be starting pitching isn't going to be even relief pitching or any other position i think it's going to be catcher because that looks like the the main weak point on of this roster is we just don't have a legit number one catcher we can trust to have that starting rule and and do that the entire season but if you look if if the the return for sean murphy was not that much. We absolutely could have done it. And if you're asking me right now, would I rather have, I don't know, say Don Rafaela, Brian Mata, and take your match of the rest of the other prospect package, ship that to Oakland. I guarantee you a package of Rafaela, Mata would have beat out whatever the Braves and, and um, Brewers had to offer. So you're talking about... Uh, you would have significantly less prospects. And granted, that doesn't seem like Heim's MO, but you're talking about Sean Murphy and that extension, which is very team-friendly. And you're talking about Sean Murphy, who is better, miles better defensively and offensively. A guy who would be replacing Adam Duvall in this lineup, bumping him down, and you're talking about a totally different lineup construction. One that would be significantly better. It's just that I think is the move that frustrates me the most is the lack of movement at catcher because there is no no world in my mind or, or no sorry there's no 
place in my mind that says that Sean Murphy should not be on the Red Sox for whatever they would have asked for, other mm-hmm. than maybe Meyer or Blaze. Yeah, that's and e- even even then, I'm not saying no immediately for Sean Murphy. If they say one for one Meyer, I'm not turning it down immediately. I may still say no, but I it's definitely something I would think about, and that's what's really really frustrating to me. Because it was not they weren't they were they didn't get a Meyer. Yeah. So with all the the situation, obviously the category is rough, but this is an undeniably talented roster. We saw in Baltimore that they have are that they can play well. We know for give or take, kind of if you throw out the results, we saw in Pittsburgh and Baltimore together, we saw good pitching from the starters, we saw good pitching from the relievers. And we saw good hitting from pretty much the entire team. So we know this team has the talent to play well. We know it has a lot of talented players. It's just this team needs to be consistent about it. And if we can have all those things firing at the same time, this team is going to be really hard to beat. And in play, come playoff time, if they can keep doing that, they can be another kind of like 2021. They can make a legit run. We know this team can do that. They just need to have that consistency. Yeah, I mean, like you said, all three of the facets have been working. It's just not at the same time. And that's that's almost more brutal than one of them just not working out right. Mm-hmm. And um, another caveat is I'm actually – I'm probably the minority of the Red Sox fans. I do think the Pirates – I like the Pirates roster. I think they're going to be a lot better than people have said. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in love with O'Neill Cruz as a player. I like Hayes a lot. I think they're going to be a solid roster. Brian Reynolds as well. Their their moves in the offseason were really good. Getting uh, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, um, even Austin Hedges, which is really bizarre that he's on the Pirates now. But I, I they're not a they're not the god awful roster that they were last year. But it's still the talent gap is is you shouldn't get swept at home. You shouldn't lose a series at home to this roster, even though they have improved greatly. Yeah, exactly. The Red Sox, they need to be winning series like these. I do understand this to be in the season. A it, lot of people are – yeah. It's also – look at the schedule in May. It's so it's brutal. These series are just – it's the beginning of the year, but this is the time we need to be building wins because in May we're going to have a losing record almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as much as I really don't think that – if you take this one Pittsburgh series, you could probably throw it out the window alone. But it's series like these that we need to be winning if you want to be in playoff contention because it does get a lot harder. And so I think the takeaways from the series are we, we know we have legit starters. We know we have relievers and we know we have hitting. Now we need to actually use all that at the same time. And I think the Tigers are a chance to prove that. Again, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we were to, again, lose a series to the Tigers. But at that point, you're, you're just running out of time. Uh, just looking to hedge the Tigers series, it's going to be, again, we're starting tomorrow. So we're looking at Chris Sale versus Turnbull. Chris Sale obviously trying to bounce back. Um, then we have Hauk versus Wentz. And then Crawford versus Boyd. So we've seen these pitchers before. Pretty much all of them are looking for a bounce back. The Tigers are coming off a series win against the Astros. So they have a little bit of momentum there. 
But this is definitely a series we should win, kind of like the Pirates, like the Orioles. We have more talent than them. We should be beating this team. Yeah, it's it's at the point where, like I said, the schedule in May is just so brutal. I don't know. I know it's the third series of the year, but I don't know if you can drop a game. It's it's that level of serious. Like, and I know people are going to make fun of me for this, but I I really do think that it's so important to get this series sweet. And I just I don't have faith in them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they they definitely need to. Even if they don't get the sweep, they need to show that they can bounce back from a bad series like this, and they can't let it hold them hold them down. I have faith in the rush to do that. I, if I'm predicting, I'm predicting a series sweep against Detroit. I mean, I predicted a two and one win against Pittsburgh, and that clearly didn't go well. So hopefully, we'll have a better better time in Detroit. But again, it's wait and see. Yeah, I I just. I'm going to go two and one as my prediction. I just, they need to sweep. They need to do better than I expect because it's, it's the road ahead to making a playoff spot is so brutal if they don't. Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. We're going to keep watching the Red Sox and keep you updated on what happens to the Tigers. And of course, we're always looking for the best. We're hoping for the best. And so yeah, on to Detroit. And that's going to be the end of this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Sam, any send-off? I don't know. Um, Please, Dave Bush and Peter Fatsy, I know you're definitely not listening, but please just do a little bit better, I guess. Yeah, we believe in you, Dave Bush and (laughs) Fatsy. I'll I'll say it if no one else will. I believe in you. I believe you can do better. Yeah, that that'll really help them once they listen yeah, to this podcast. They end up listening. They have my faith. So the rest <laughs> of you, yeah, thanks. If you got this part, thanks for listening. If you guys are listening, Peter Fatsy and Dave Bush, shout us out, and I will believe in you. <laughs> yeah, we will instantly become fans. If you if you talk about us in any way, I will die hard fan for you. So lifetime achievement for both. <laughs> this goes to any Red Sox player as well. Yeah, yeah. Yu Chang, you're like 0 for 20. Give us a shout out, man. I will become an Ord fan <laughs> if, if you shout me out in any way. It's so bad that I can't even make fun of him because he's been like mediocre. It's, it's, compared to how bad Brazier was last year, he's looked so much better than him. It's I'm just, actually... it's really weird. I'm part of the the Ort cloud, which is the fan base for the Ort. If you didn't know, so I'm a I'm a Ort believer. You a supporter? A supporter, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that'll that'll be it. Yeah, that's sorry for the two minute outro. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have fun. <laughs>